Hey everybody, Single Tree Podcast, we're back again. Morning. And uh, we're in the middle of this pandemic. It's been going on for a couple of months now, actually. And um, it's a unique moment in time for us and our culture. We are experiencing a very prolonged and exaggerated exposure to a sense of limbo and not knowing what's going to happen. Obviously, some people are sort of in crisis and um, engaged in helping and uh, taking care of the sick. Uh, Some people have um, loved ones or people that they know who are affected by the illness. And the rest of us are sort of just uh, in this place where our lives have been interrupted and um, they're not the same. So also the fact that uh, the disease is out there and it's a thing that we have to think about now and it's something that we normally don't have to think about. And so, um, yeah, we're just in this period of not knowing what's going to happen next and um, our brains don't do very well with that. We don't tolerate ambiguity or not knowing what's going to happen or what the future holds, especially in our culture. I think we have grown accustomed to uh, comfort and being insulated from a lot of uh, tragedies or um, things that could befall us. And so this is a quite unwelcome uh, thing that's happening to us. And I think a lot of people are responding in a lot of different ways. We're kind of going through this together. We've been going through probably some stages of grief and just adjustment to this. And so we wanted to talk about that and uh, yeah, maybe some ways that we can respond and be able to, um, I don't know, wrap our minds around this and understand what is going on and what is happening in us. Um, And uh, yeah, just some constructive ways to respond. So yeah, I just, uh, I think a lot of us are just waiting around for things to kind of go back to a sense of normalcy. And uh, we're, we're not used to being exposed to this kind of threat. And uh, we like to say that our brains create a lot of problems around stuff like that. So why don't we start with that? Do you want to talk about that? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think when you use the word grief I think it's totally appropriate I don't think we usually think of grief in terms of maybe a pandemic but I think it's totally irrelevant you know because a lot of what grief is is just feeling the difficulty of whatever experiences is in front of you you know and you know I think in times like this we are forced obviously out of our comfort zone right I mean kids aren't going to school there's homeschool going on 
people are working from home, schedules are changing, you know, all of these new things are different from, so from, you know, when I look at it and, you know, even my own routine, just from a really practical perspective, you know, all of this newness and change from a, a practical perspective is really or can be really uncomfortable for our nervous systems, you know, and you know me, I take a nervous system approach to so much, so many different things because it, you know, it helps me kind of organize different things. But, you know, this newness is creating some difficulty for us and you know, from a nervous system perspective, you know, the nervous system's number one job is to organize chaos, mm -hmm. right? And create and maintain safety. And we're in a situation where things are a little bit more chaotic and things maybe feel a little bit less safe. And so when that's happening, you know, the nervous system is more on edge, more vigilant, um, you know, and that looks like anxiety. It looks like anxiety coming up in, in thought form and, you know, like worries and um, thinking that reflects how the nervous system is feeling, which is kind of fearful, which is normal and actually pretty pretty natural because of how the nervous system's designed so you know um our brains which is just you know kind of an ex it's an extension of our nervous system it's not different get, can get us into trouble during these times because it's it's really really pressing hard to get back to kind of its homeostasis or or its norm right that's its number one job and so you know throughout the day our nervous system is constantly assessing the situation and maybe trying to figure out ways to get back to the norm or to normalize things right mm -hmm. and Although that's natural, it can present difficulties because things on the external can't necessarily be changed like we like we want them to or like the brain wants them to, right? Yeah. The brain wants to get back to the norm. You know, it wants the schedule, the routine back, you know, back to the way it was. Um, and this pandemic pandemic is complex and seems like it's pretty long lasting and so you know the brain not getting what it wants which is some immediate normalcy continues mm -hmm. to just really fight for and struggle for that and there's you know to me <clears throat> as we were kind of talking about last night there's an inherent kind of resistance to to what's to what's happening or reality you know what i mean when 
when there's a denial of reality, stress and anxiety and, you know, maybe even hopelessness, things like that really start to, um, to rise up in our consciousness, I think. Yeah, I think the reality that you're talking about is the, the fact that disease and death are a part of life. Is that right? Well, I mean, yeah, I, it's, I think it is, you know, unfortunately it's, it's, I think when I refine everything down, it's kind of, you know, there's just a, a denial of the reality that we're not in control. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, the nervous system in the brain does not like that, you know, it, that that's because it's, it's, it goes against its number one job, which is to be in control. So the nervous system wants safety and control and the brain being part of the nervous system is the way that it seeks to get safety and control is by understanding something. Sure. Or being at a steady state or homeostasis, which <laughs> we're just not in. We yeah. can't achieve that. And so our brains don't do very well with this thing, not being able to understand it, not being able to understand what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's it's just it's not in control, and there's a de there's a denial in that. There's a denial in that the reality that we aren't. There's this illusion mm -hmm. that we're in control. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, and you know, in some small and minor ways, we are, but usually that actually has more to do with any kind of any kind of control that we do have is actually out of how we're responding to the things that we can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a really, it's kind of a tricky thing. Yeah. It's the illusion of control, but it's, yeah, it's just our responses to the trauma that's really happening all the time or the stress or the chaos that's going on all the time. This is just an exaggerated version of what's happening all the time. And we're, we're like really practiced and good at maintaining control because our because our nervous systems want want us to do that, and um, we're usually we usually can conquer and overcome the stress that comes at us. And this is not one of those scenarios. Yeah, no, I think you make an extremely important point. Every in this situation, I think in this time, things are magnified. Right, I mean, um, ev everything is seems to be kind of even though it seems maybe slower. Things are things are magnified and and in some ways even accelerated, and so when we're moved from our normal mode of everyday life, you know, our normal routines where we feel like we're in control, which in actuality, we're just responding to everything in a certain, we're used to responding to every, everything in a certain way, to a certain degree of intensity or magnification. We're moved out of that and things are 
more intense, more magnified than, um, yeah, we're, 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 our brain's not oriented towards organizing that chaos almost kind of like at that pace. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think we're, we're used to being able to control our environment sure. or, you know, to a degree, um, being able to respond to stress or change, but maintain such a, such a high level of like normalcy mm-hmm. or comfort or just not, not outside of this range where we can't, we can't tolerate it, mm-hmm. you know, like it is now. So we, we'd all just kind of been put on our heels a little bit, I think by the, you know, things are changing day by day or week to week or whatever. And, um, and, and just again, also that idea that, um, we don't know when it's going to be back in our range of normalcy. Yeah. It's that predictability piece. I think, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of our felt sense of, of control, right. Is, is our ability to, to predict, right. It's a huge mechanism for our way to get control is, is our ability to predict. And we're in a situation now where that predictability has changed, mm-hmm. you know, um, almost, especially when, when, you know, this all kind of really started ramping up, that predictability was really kind of compromised much more than our than our norm where we were operating off of a a higher degree of, of predictability when this started really ramping up that predictability you could just kind of see it going on this downward slope right mm-hmm. and it's almost like a graph you know that predictability goes down and then kind of like you know the collective consciousness or or anxiety goes goes up you know mm-hmm. what i mean so you almost have this image of an X where mm-hmm. the one part of the X is the predictability going down and the collective anxiety going up, which is the other part of the X. So. Yes, they are inversely related. Yeah. Yeah. What's really one of the things that's really coming home to me in all of this is just like our addictive behavior. Um you know, we're kind of addicted to normal or we're addicted to comfort for sure. And so there's this, you know, looking forward to the next time that I can feel normal or when everything goes back to normal, um, whatever that means, you know, whatever we had before, I guess, is what we would define as normal. And just how much we rely on that, you know, mm-hmm. our nervous systems rely on when's the next time that I can eat or drink or when's the next time that I won't be stressed you know yeah when is the weekend coming or when when do I I get off the why yeah Yeah. when when do I get off work um you know and just how regulated we are by uh all of those things that we're addicted to Mm -hmm. you know um and you, you you really find out how addicted you are to it when uh it's taken away from you. Oh, absolutely. Right. And then your nervous system is kind of like upset and it needs that fix to be able to 
return to a sense of just kind of normalcy or calm okay. or yeah. predictability, like we're saying. So that's been really, <laughs> even in my own life, just realizing like how many things am I addicted to? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It. I mean, it sure peels a layer back, doesn't it? And really reveals. <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot or at least it has for me and I think that's where like you know when we were talking yesterday there's a I think a real opportunity for us to kind of take a step back and see how that layer of comfort has been removed Mm -hmm. and take a look at what learning opportunities we have you know what i mean because it's it's a tough tough thing i think people are we're going through yeah it's a good but it is a good opportunity to learn about ourselves you know and just learning how much we rely on our comfort convenience normalcy um and we talked about this idea of it it almost can be problematic sometimes to only hope for good mm-hmm. um, or at least to rely on the fact that good things are going to happen or we're going to have a good life. And, and the problem is, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen mm-hmm. and, and we don't know how to uh, get through that or we don't know how to sort of receive that into our lives in a way that's resilient um, because the reality of disease and death are apparent to us in a different way than they normally are, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, if you've ever been to a third world country, this is like how it is all the time, you know? Even, it's much worse actually. You know, disease kills people every day yep. in third world countries where there's not good medical care, right? Or vaccines or whatever. And and so there's this constant exposure to that threat, you know, which we are experiencing in a very, on a lower level, lower intensity um, now, you know, mm-hmm. and we, and we have um, the, the government that's, you know, telling us what we need to do to make sure to stop the spread and stuff like that. But this is um, a reality for the rest of the world, and now it's a reality for us. And so, um, you know, in some ways, that might be helpful to us to, one, you know, realize how the rest of the world lives, but also to realize the reality that we are in, which is that disease and death are a part of life Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not something we like to think about but it might be helpful to us in sort of like really being present to reality as a whole sure yeah I mean it's interesting that you say that because you know about a a week into this whole thing you know I was reminded um, there's been times where I've traveled out of the country and you know usually in in asia i remember thinking you know why 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 are these these people from these asian countries wearing these masks you know that was just kind of 
my experience and now like it kind of like a light bulb went off to me you know because I'm thinking well okay you were seeing that a lot now or then because that was a natural part of their culture and and what was what was going on you know and that was so strange for me to see when I would travel but now it makes it makes total sense now you know, for some of these cultures wearing a mask, you know, and that's, that's, that's a pretty normal part of their daily routine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the reality for the rest of the world that that is, that disease is a, f a fact of life. Right. And it's the reality for us now too. Um, and I think in some ways that's a good thing for us to get a hold of, uh, something good is happening. I feel like, you know, people, you know, sort of get grasping the gravity of, uh, this pandemic and also just our existence as a whole. I feel like it's done that for me, you know, um, even, you know, coming to terms with my own mortality, uh, you know, it's been kind of an outgrowth of this for me. And I, and I think, you know, realizing that, uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of good things to be grateful for and, you know, that we can, um, focus on. And also there are these other things that are, uh, we think of as more negative that are part of our reality and existence. And, too with the whole like hoping things go back to normal you know i think um that is not necessarily the case that everything that this just sort of washes through and is over with it uh it is possible that things get worse it is possible that this is a reality for a long time and that's a really difficult thing i, I think especially in the united states for us to get a hold of or to sort of like hold in our minds but mm -hmm. but i think it is a positive exercise to realize this could be the reality for a long time yeah i mean anytime we're denying like a, a just a fundamental reality we we keep ourselves in in, in in a bubble, right? And it it keeps us from seeing outside of that bubble because when we're in it, we can't see outside it. And so I kind of see this situation as an opportunity to step outside of that bubble because we're kind of being forced to, right? And ex accept a reality so that our so that our vision or our context for our own lives and for mortality and for life can expand, you know, um, I, that can be, dif that can be difficult, but mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what we have an opportunity, um, to do. You know, we, one of the, one of the things that you had commented on that I, I think is 
really insightful is that you know that we can be really demanding of this of this moment or of any moment right um and be demanding of of the future Mm -hmm. yeah we we want we want to be comfortable we want to be happy we want to be entertained you know and and uh so this moment isn't okay as it is you know or even like the boredom that everybody's experiencing Mm -hmm. right like we just want to be we want our stuff we want our toys you know (laughs) we want our friends um and so we're constantly demanding on the present for sure and we're maybe even more demanding of the future you know like things have to turn out okay right Mm -hmm. like we we have to be happy and successful right and that that uh, I think is cause for a lot of anxiety, right? Is worrying about the future. How is this going to turn out? Are things going to be okay? You know, um, are my loved ones going to get ill? You know, um, or myself, right? Or be able to go back to work even, or um, yeah, just do those things that I did before. And um, it's our trouble with adjusting to the reality that you're talking about you know um that those things may not happen Mm -hmm. things may not turn out the way you want them to and so to demand that they will you know is foolish and it creates that's not a good way to exist i feel like well yeah because you you, you're constantly in this state of of resistance and anxiety right resistance of a basic reality like you said yeah yeah and you know i'm reminded of um this public service announcement that that i've been seeing regards to the in regards to the pandemic and it's it's this phrase it's okay to not be okay yeah and you know that's that's a simple that's a simple phrase but I think there's there's a lot in in that because and immediately when I when I saw that I you know I thought this is definitely forcing us to kind of maybe redefine our definition of okay like what does okay mean right because there was an okay pre-pandemic what does okay you know in the middle of this thing and even afterwards look like because you know um at least one of the things that i've just continued to see in my life is that life kind of forces you to redefine um very even very simple principles like okay my idea and definition of okay 10 years ago was quite different Mm -hmm. quite different than it is now and i'm glad for that now i'm not saying that i haven't been kicking and screaming in some during some of that you know what i mean through that evolution but i'm glad that my definition of okay has has changed and it's been through 
force or things that I have, haven't been able to control, but that's how life is. Um, and I think I'm more at, at peace because I've allowed some of these things in, in my life to make me redefine what okay is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I think... Go ahead. I was going to say just, you know, okay doesn't mean totally comfortable. Okay doesn't mean mm -hmm. totally happy. Okay doesn't mean all of these things that we think they do mm -hmm. um, early on. You know, they, they, it's, it's redefined. I used to think okay meant, you know, a, a higher degree of happiness or, or whatever. Comfort comfort or, or whatever but as life continues to make me redefine what okay means that's less and less true yeah i think okay for us now especially if this lasts for a long time which we might want to be prepared for you know um is about responding to trauma and stress you know it's not usually as much of a reality for all of us collectively at the same time, like it is in a third world country for those people, right? Um, and now it is, our, our reality may be for some time about responding to stress. And, you know, so I think, you know, we can kind of take a few minutes and talk about what that looks like to maybe help practically with this. Um, because, we're just so used to being able to get back to comfort so easily in so many different ways in our lives. Um, we seek comfort and have things that sort of anesthetize us and make us feel better at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being able to know that our normal now is responding to stress and change and threat um, is maybe something that we could settle into as um it's okay to not be okay but but also like it's okay or our our okay now is sort of like gonna be with this thing yeah. that's sort of um looming over us mm -hmm. um and so you know when people know that that's a reality like you think about times of prolonged crisis like war or recession or depression um People get busy handling it, right? When they know that this is going to be the reality for five or 10 years or whatever, like people get real resilient. I just think there's this constant like thought, oh, everything will just go back to normal in, mm -hmm. in a matter of days or weeks, which may not be the case. And so like, I think if we can turn that corner and imagine maybe that it's not going to, at least for the time being, for six months or a year you know that might be a helpful exercise for us to do it's just to settle into that if that is the case how are we going to be resilient yeah i was just about to say, comment on that you know this this thought experiment experiment you know imagining the bad outcome i i think on the surface it may seem to some people as um negative or a, a dark perspective yeah but i love i love that i love that um tool or that practice or skill and that's something that i will actually practice uh 
a lot because if I can, if I'm feeling an anxiety about something, it could be whatever, doesn't really matter. But if I'm feeling an anxiety about something and, and I have an idea about maybe what I'm feeling some anxiety about, and I can allow myself to imagine the bad outcome, right? And let myself kind of work through that and feel through that. Mm -hmm. That helps me feel feel more resilient and aware and prepared um, than if I didn't. That if I denied that bad outcome and just held on to hope or the best case scenario, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that hope isn't good. But I think it's an extremely relevant and, and really important practice to to integrate. We we tend to avoid thinking about the negative outcome. Mm -hmm. Partly because we don't know how to handle trauma and stress. We we haven't successfully navigated that enough or known that that's the goal or sort of like how to do that you know and but when you have done that a few times or a few hundred times you know then suddenly like imagining the bad outcome maybe isn't so bad you know yeah it is it's just an, it's just a, another possible outcome or reality yeah and another thing to overcome right and and there's you know, when you've done it, then there's sort of this feeling of like nothing can really shake me mm -hmm. um, because the traumas that I've experienced in the past, I have moved through. And there's actually a feeling of like uh, mastery, resilience, even exhilaration. Of, Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Of moving through a trauma and like. Um, we could talk for a really long time about how to do that because it's super complex and um, there are some different pieces to it that are important and maybe we'll maybe we'll do that in the future but um, it's a good feeling to like be resilient mm -hmm. right because the the basic rea a basic reality of life is bad things are going to happen on large scale small scale on a daily basis, right? And if you don't get busy learning how to respond to trauma and stress, you're kind of screwed, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, there are huge implications to what you're talking about because, you know, and it, I think it's easy to think about the emotional and psychological benefit of doing what we're talking about and how that can make us resilient but my mind immediately gravitates towards the spiritual implications of what we're talking about because okay. when you yeah when you do put yourself in a position to maybe consider the bad outcome and give yourself an opportunity to think through and work through it or when you have done that and it does give you a sense of of resilience or freedom or that nothing can shake me. What I think is happening there, 
like on a, on a spiritual level, which includes the psychological and emotional level, mm-hmm. is it it shows you it shows you it gives you kind of a glimpse of what what is real and truth, right? And and what is false? It's almost like, you know, how oil separates from water. You know mm. what I mean? And it 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 has the potential to give you a really clear perspective on who you know who you are. You know what I mean? Mm. And you know, you're you're much we're much bigger than we think. Okay, M- much bigger than we think. And I think, you know, when you say this, you know, like this can't shake me. And I'm thinking immediately, absolutely. Because there's, you know, there's this little nervous system we carry around in our, in our body and all of that. But, and that's part of us, but is that us deep down inside? Well, it's hard for us to get a real clear glimpse of that unless we have been willing to walk into and endure difficulty trauma you know imagining the bad outcomes opening to that you know what i mean Mm. that that really separates the oil from the water you know what i mean Mm. and i just think it's it's those that has a huge implication for us yeah that's a really interesting metaphor because when we say you know, things can't shake us. I mean, certainly things can kill you, (laughs) you know, or hurt you badly, seriously. Um, And so that's not really what we're talking about, Mm -mm. right? You, you, but when you can go through trauma or even pass through your own death, probably, neither of us knows yet, um, then, uh, yeah, you, you realize on that spiritual level what you are yeah more than if you'd never experienced any pain absolutely in your life absolutely i mean we start to get an inkling of an idea or maybe a small taste of maybe how how, how we're much more expansive than just you know hmm this this body that holds this nervous system which is an important aspect for sure you know what i mean we wouldn't know unless we had this but yeah but if you always obeyed your nervous system and and sought control and comfort if that's what your life and existence is about you're missing something yeah you're missing that larger sense of yourself i like how you said we're much bigger than we think Mm -hmm. you know which is which is you know something we don't always have in mind or we haven't assimilated that truth maybe uh, because we live scared sure right yeah no i think it's well said and you we, know and we live without <clears throat> a sense of confidence that whatever comes whatever happens whatever comes my way i can handle i can move through it even if it's going to scare the hell out of you you know what i mean yeah or even if you're you're going to be moody and grumpy or whatever right that's not what it's about it's about the moving through you know what i mean it's yeah it's it's where you end up not necessarily the Hmm. you know 
climbing the mountain per se. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, ideally, you know, you want to climb the mountain elegantly, but mm-hmm. you know, that's not most times the reality for most of us. But that <laughs> that doesn't mean that yeah, that we can't make it through something, you know, to the other side and really realize. Hmm. you know and have the opportunity to really step back and see that we're bigger than we thought we were or you know yeah i like this uh kind of language of it move the trauma moves through us yeah you know um we we think we think that you know things happen to us and then mostly our nervous system wants to push it out and make sure that it stays as far away from us as possible even after it's already happened Mm -hmm. you know we avoid thinking about it uh we move away from it or anything that looks like or resembles it right and you know part of what we need to do and again you know moving through trauma is really pretty it's a thing it's complex but you know, it is the idea of letting it pass through us because, um, you know, one, we're bigger than what we think we are, like you said, but also like we're capable of containing is how we've said it before, but, but just like enduring and letting things happen to us, which we thought or think will kill us, Mm -hmm. but they actually won't will come out the other side or they'll come out the other side of us or something. Yeah. And, uh, that, and when it has moved through us, then that is the sense of, I made it. Yes. Yeah. Which, which then goes to mastery. Right. And then that's the, nothing can shake us, you know, no matter what happens, we will, we will survive it and come out on the other side of it it'd be different because of it yeah there's there's a a a guy i like to listen to um he kind of articulates um really well what we're saying he'll you know he'll say there on the surface there will be fear you will Mm -hmm. be scared on the surface but but deep down like it's okay, like you're you're safe you're you're strong you're resilient on the surface we will be we will be scared of these things these mm-hmm. things will scare us but deep down at the core is 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 what is real and 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 what's happening and you know our ability to connect to that is really important yeah that's a nice thought to end on man yeah Thanks for everybody for listening. We'll be we'll be back soon and talk yeah, more about this. We will. Stay healthy.